Sure, we have 30 seconds to tell you that drivers who switch to Progressive could save big. But then what? Well, radio has been called theater of the mind. So let's tell a story with sound effects. Wow, it's like I was in the story. Almost makes me forget this was supposed to be about saving big with Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Any workout, any mood, any time. That's what the Peloton Tread is all about. From interval runs that motivate you to go the extra mile, power walks that work up a sweat, rolling hill hikes for you to enjoy, and full body boot camps to hit your goals. Plus thousands of workouts that go beyond the tread. Strength programs, core classes, yoga, Pilates, and even boxing. Everything you need on and off the Peloton Tread. Experience it all for yourself with a 30-day home trial. Learn more at OnePeloton.com. Synergy. Do you ever just come across people sometimes and it just makes sense? The connection is electric. Today I had the opportunity to speak with Alex Herrera and Alex and I just hit it off from our initial phone call until the podcast which you're gonna hear today. Alex is just a great guy. Somebody who is just easy to talk to, very straightforward, open, kind, caring, and about his business also. Uh, has a great history, uh, which you'll learn about in Wall Street, and which led him down a path ultimately to uh, a company that he owns, a CBD company. Uh, pretty excited for you guys to hear Alex and his story and the synergy that we had and uh, some good things that we're going to be working on together. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Alex Herrera. You seem like a great guy. Like you're just really straight up, very honest. Sound like a lot of fun, by the way. You sound yeah. like you like to have a good time. Yeah, you know, when I was younger, my wife wouldn't let me go out without supervision. So yes, uh, <laughs> we were going to we were going on a Vegas trip one time, and my my wife's like, you know, you two guys are going. Who's supervising? You know, like yeah. <laughs> no, like I don't know. I'm not sure about this. This is true. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, yeah. Who's in charge? Who's yeah. in charge? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Well, I was interested, like, you know, we had to, we had a conversation and, uh, well, one, I, I met you through LinkedIn and um, also we have a, a mutual connection, Joyce Strong. You were on her podcast, correct? Yeah, Joyce is fabulous and uh, I really enjoyed her, her podcast. She's got a lot of energy, as you probably saw. She's doing a, a really great job. She does. And uh, I was recently on hers and I had a great time. Uh, talking to her, and then she's going to be on my podcast in a couple of weeks. So, but she uh, really enjoyed the experience she had with you, and I thought it was fascinating our conversation when you're talking about CBD and what you're doing with that. But also, I wanted to kind of backtrack. You were in Wall Street for a while. I would love to learn more about what that was like. Yeah. So, in my former life, which it seems like a million years ago, you know, post college, I started on. Uh, I started as an options trader, actually not true. I started as an options clerk in 1991, I'm 50. So in 1991, I worked at the floor of the American Stock Exchange and started trading options or learning how to trade options. And then eventually I became a trader. And I What's an options clerk? What does that mean just for anybody well, who yeah, don't understand what that is? 
Yeah, I guess for the younger community here now, I mean, they look at CNBC and they see the floors of the of the exchanges. And they look kind of empty, but you know, pre computers, it was like open outcry or it was like a locker room. It was like a pretty wild place to be. You know, mm-hmm. if you saw, you know, some of the old movies like uh, Trading Places when they're on the floor and every young. Yes. Yeah, that's a good analogy. So I, you know, I started in that world, you know, options and uh, puts and calls, and as a young young guy, you know, making like you know. Back then, I think my starting salary was like, you know, 14000 a year, you know, a million years ago. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, I kind of had the opportunity to meet some really cool people. And I got the opportunity to go to the New York Stock Exchange in the mid to late 90s. And uh, which was considered like, you know, it kind of like for me, I thought I always thought about it like going from the uh, AAA baseball to going to the, you know, the major leagues, going mm-hmm. to the New York Stock Exchange. And so I had a really great um, career and experience working um you know, on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. I, you know, always look at that as probably my, you know, before this role in CBD world, I always thought that was like the most amazing opportunity I had. Um, and, uh, you know, you got to learn a lot about a lot of people. There was, you know, literally a couple thousand people on a trading floor. And so we bought and sold stocks. Um, so, you know, basically the, you know, if you said, I want to buy a hundred shares of IBM, in the old days, it would actually hit the floor of the New York Stock Exchange and somebody would sell it to you. You know, one of us members would sell it to you. You, you. you would call Merrill Lynch. Merrill Lynch would call the floor of the New York Stock Exchange, buy 100 shares of IBM. And somebody would walk over to the IBM dealer and say, I want to buy 100 shares of IBM. And he would say, you bought 100 shares of IBM at $99 or whatever the price was. Right. And, uh, and so that was my career from 91 to probably about 2007, 2008. Um, so it was it was fabulous, you know. It was uh, it was pre email times, you know. At the end, it got to be a little bit of email times, but it was literally a job that you know was pretty um, intense while you were there. But you know, the bell started at nine thirty and it closed at four, and there was really no homework. It was just kind of a pretty pretty wild uh, time of uh, time of time for me in my life. It was really kind of interesting, and uh, you, you had to stand on your feet all day. It was somewhat mentally and physically demanding, but. Um, high pressure, but it was a, a really great experience. What was the toughest part about it that you remember? I guess the toughest part for me would be, um, you know, like anything else in life, they have wins and losses. So the emotional roller coaster was um, um, big. And and like when I say like, the, you know, the, the, there were su- substantial wins and losses. So when you had a bad loss, uh, you felt like, a, you know, I remember having an amazingly large loss I think in the first month at, at one of the firms I worked with, and then it was the night of the Christmas party. I'm like, I'm like, I'm not even going to go to this thing. They're going <laughs> to, they're, they're going to egg me, you know? So losing money was, you know, it was difficult because the, it was large, large sums. So um, yeah, those, those were, uh, those were very difficult to deal with. So what was, um, you ever seen that movie Wolf of Wall Street? I have. Yeah. Do you ever laugh like at seeing something like that and like comparing it to what you did and what you saw on screen? Yeah, I mean, that was nothing like I, I mean, I'm not so sure much of that was Hollywood, but, you know, what we did was, um, you know, we didn't, that was, uh, you know, we were, uh, you know, uh, the New York Stock Exchange has been an institution for hundreds of years. So yeah. we, we didn't, that wasn't what kind of what we did, but I did certainly get a laugh out of that movie. It was certainly, certainly uh, really entertaining to watch. Oh, definitely. It's, uh, I think, you know, it's interesting. I, I have never known anybody who's worked on Wall Street. And I, I think that's what fascinates me is I like talking to people who have done things that I, I've never done or I've ever really thought of doing. And what would you say was kind of the, 
relationships you had with people doing the same thing were you doing? Was it cutthroat? Was it very cordial? Give me an idea of kind of the environment that it was yeah, like. So it was, it was very professional, you know, and, and, you know, my parents are from Cuba. So just to give you an idea, like, you know, I'm a first generation Cuban American. And I think when I showed up there, you know, it was very not Cuban American. It was, it was not Cuban. No, <laughs> yeah, it was, there wasn't many Cubans there. I, I think I remember one of the brokers once saying to me, what are you, Mexican? And I said, no, I'm not Cuban. <laughs> and I was like, all right, you know, so, but it was more of the uh, the white, you know, white shoes and the the old money type of people. And then it, it changed over time. But um, no, people were very professional. Um, it was a, certainly, a, you know, it was different levels of the spectrum. So it was very professional. Um, but then when it got competitive, like if you were representing a client and you wanted to get a price and, you know, and I'm representing, you know, the firm, it, it got competitive. And, you know, certainly like when news would break out in a stock and you were trading it, it you know, it's very, very, it was very, very uh, alpha male type of place. I see. Do you, do you still like, I know you're not in it like what you used to do, but you still keep up with it on some level? Yeah, so I still follow the markets, you know, not as much as I certainly used to. I used to kind of be glued to it. Um, and I certainly do still do follow it. And, you know, I've, I, of course, I have some tremendously great, strong relationships from my my days down there. And um, um, so, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a fabulous time. And, um, you know, it kind of like it was amazing how it kind of was such a great business for the specialist. I was a specialist. And some of your listeners may know what that means, but. We were basically another word for we were the dealer um, in certain stocks. So, um, and uh, when the com when the computer you know started coming to the markets in the mid early two thousands, when computers got involved, it kind of you know it took the the human element out of the game. I mean, the computers were faster, and you know they brought in algorithmic trading, and it became very very you know hard for humans to survive. And so today, what you see is a shell of what it was. Like everything else in life, it changes, right? So. Um, yeah. So today's version of the the New York stock market is a very different place than it was when you were doing it. So what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, when I was there, you know, a specialist would be able to handle, say, maybe two, maybe three stocks that you could trade. You know, I just I'm just making up names. You could trade IBM and Dupont mm -hmm. and uh, you know ExxonMobil, and that would be a lot of workload. And today, with the computer, one human can trade like twenty. I'm sorry, like 200 stocks. I mean, it's just become where, you know, it's all computerized and the computer is doing a lot of the work for the human. Um, and so, you know, it was, it, it was you know, it, it was a great, you know, it was a great run while it lasted, but then, you know, the ticket got turned off very quickly. And um, unfortunately, you know, the, 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 the fallout was um, a lot of guys, you know, just became unemployed, you know? Um, so it took the, you know, it, cha it changed the industry dramatically. So what was your what was the transition for you? I mean, you're you're doing this for a pretty long time, and then all of a sudden, um, you know, you're moving out of that business. And I mean, maybe there's a different transition, but now you're in doing CB, CBD. So tell mm -hmm. me a little bit about that transition, if it went straight to that, or if it was kind of a windy road between that. Yeah, yeah, there was a little bit of a windy road, and and you know, so post the post the New York Stock Exchange, we you know we had some trip. We you know we. We had some trading operations we were involved in and try to take it off floor and compete it was very difficult to compete with the computers, you know, as individuals and certainly not as well capitalized as some of the large institutions. So, you know, I, I kind of changed gears and, and um, I guess the second part of my life was I became what, what is known as a, um, a third party marketing person, which means that I would be looking for uh, opportunities to um, 
raise money for. So, you know, essentially I would be, you know, looking for opportunities for anything from startups and technology to hedge funds, to real estate, you name it, we, you know, you would see it. And then, so I would be in an, I, I invested some myself, but I also had a network of people that would um, invest with me. So I was kind of, maybe, maybe you could call it like bird dogging a little bit. So I was looking mm-hmm. for opportunities and, and uh, like I said, a lot of the, a lot of the, you know, the stuff that I did from 2010 to 2015 and 16 was more of the traditional type of investments where you would say, you know, there's a hedge fund that's uh, launching and the, the manager's looking to raise money and you could invest and we'd bring in some other investors. And then it maybe was real estate transactions, kind of more vanilla type of investments. And then, you know, we also see the startups and technology and uh, or, or whatever, you know, that obviously we're all familiar with the, you know, the technology startup world. Um and then I guess somewhere around 2015, 16, you know, if you were sitting in my role as a guy who was an investor and also a guy who had a network of investors, the, the, one of the pluses of that role is that you get to see a lot of investment opportunities. So if people know that, hey, you know, Alex might be able to write a small check, but Alex's network can write a larger check, they show you everything. So you see, you see a lot of flow, you see a lot of deals. And that's when we started seeing a lot of deals in the um, in the cannabis world. So you started seeing stuff, you know, hey, there's a group out in California that's uh, looking to build, uh, you know, hydroponics facility, and they want to raise money to grow, you know, cannabis. Or, or you'd see, you know, a group that says, hey, we're going to start, you know, building a fertilizer line for marijuana. So we that's when you started to first start to see opportunities in the in the cannabis space and. Um, was very interesting but obviously you know as we all know that marijuana was illegal mm-hmm. and then you know not too far that after that you started hearing about this thing called cbd and i was like what is cbd like no one even you know i never even heard of cbd and and um and i was like okay so this is like you know 2018 17 18 you're hearing about cbd and there's and it's kind of like a it was like a gold rushed wild wild west to the cbd world like everybody was getting in it even though it was still illegal people were still kind of selling it and uh there were groups raising money looking to raise money and around that same time you know you had the farm bill act and the farm bill act was um a law essentially the the short version of it it was a law that was looking to make um hemp hemp industrial hemp and we'll get into what that is legal and um started out as the farm bill act of 2014 which eventually passed as the farm bill act of 2018 and it went into effect uh, late December of 18 and then it was it was signed into uh, legally in 19 January of 19 but basically I made a bet that I thought that hemp or CBD would be legal before medical marijuana and marijuana and we were right I was you know lucky we're right um, and the reason I thought that would be the case is because hemp has inherently lower levels of THC, which is what gets you stoned and high, right? Right, so, right. And so Mitch McConnell from Kentucky uh, was a real big proponent of the Farm Bill Act. And because hemp hemp is um, uh, a, a great crop that's used in many things other than just CBD, and uh, they pushed it through and, and uh, CBD became legal. But before that, I was looking to invest into the CBD world. And um, I think it was a combination of not being able to find uh, a company that had everything I was looking for as an investor. 
So, you know, you might have found a company that had a good product, but they were not really good business people or operators, or you found um, a company that had poor product or sourced from Asia or Europe. And, you, you know, I couldn't find all, all the legs for the stool. And so my wife, Karen, has a, uh, a health policy degree. She worked in nursing homes. She worked with uh, long-term long care patients. And she had, she had a, you know, an industry background. She said, well, you know, why don't you just start it yourself? And uh, that's the short version of how it started. And so we said, okay, let, let's, uh, let's look into this some more. And, and that's how, it, how, how Palm Organics was born. Wow, that's, that's awesome. Uh, what a journey from being on the trade floor to Crazy, right? starting like CBD. Now, I think what's interesting, I mean, there's a variety of things way I want to go with this, but I think it's interesting, especially for the audience is, you know, there's this kind of awakening to what CBD is. But we talked about this a little bit earlier that it's not all the same and, and that um, where you get it from is incredibly important whether you're getting it from Amazon or you're getting it from someone like yourself. Can you talk about the differences there? Because I don't think that people are as informed about what that actually means. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's a super question that it, it is. And I just recently wrote a, a blog about that, that posted like two days ago, because it is probably one of the top questions we get. But so let me just back up a little bit and say, you know, let me just kind of separate it the two. So, so you have the cannabis plant and the cannabis plant has two species one species is marijuana and the other species is hemp and so although the plants look identical and they smell identical you know they used to call hemp the poor man's weed because you'd smoke it and not get high right the main so they both both plants have medicinal values and both plants have cannabinoids and terpenes and flavonoids but the hemp plant has significantly lower significantly significantly lower levels of thc while the marijuana plant has high levels of THC. So THC is what gets you stoned or gets you high. Mm -hmm. So CBD is predominantly sourced from industrial hemp. So of the two plants, it is preferred to use hemp. And the main reason being is because hemp has lower levels of THC and the Farm Bill Act that we talked about requires that for CBD to be leg legal federally, it must contain no more or it must contain less than 0.3% THC. So it's easy to get it's easier to get hemp below 0.3% than marijuana. So therefore hemp is the is the more preferred plant to use. Now, the questions you're asking me about you know now that we've established that hemp is what is used for CBD, there is a lots and lots and lots of different versions of hemp, right? You know, you can buy a mm -hmm. you can buy a Toyota, you can buy a Yugo, you can buy a a Volkswagen, you can buy them. So there's all different varieties of, of hemp. And, and so what I, what I tell users, and I think the, what you're really asking me to do is kind of guide people as to where they should be looking. And so I generally tell people that they want to be, you know, looking for a CBD supplier that's growing their, their hemp in the United States, you know. And so the big states that grow a lot of hemp are Colorado, Kentucky, California, Oregon, say. And those are considered to be the premier hemp growers in even the world, you know, so there's a lot of hemp that comes from Asia and there's some hemp that comes from Eastern Europe, Eastern Europe, but those hemps are both inconsistent and in not only THC levels. So you may not be below or you may be way above. And it's also not consistent in the potency of the, of the CBD. So you're getting a inferior product. So I think for the user, the consumer that wants to try to get into CBD, there's a, there's a few questions they should be asking themselves. Like, you know, one, 
where is the hemp sourced from? Is it U.S. grown? Is it organically grown? Right. That's like the first thing. And the second thing you'd say is, hey, who's testing this? You know, the FDA is not regulating CBD. So the, 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 the retailers and the suppliers are self-policing. So, you know, who's regu- who's where are you getting your hemp from? Who's testing your hemp? And then who's testing that person who's testing the hemp, right? So you, you call it like, where's it sourced? Does the supplier give you a quality assurances, make sure there's no leads, metals, pesticides? And then as a retailer like me, we then take it and send it out again to get tested again to make sure that our supplier is not BSing us, right? You want to make sure right. you want to make sure you're getting a quality product. But then it gets even worse, Darian, because what happens is hemp is sourced from the leaves, stems, and flowers of the plant. Right. So that's that's where you get high quality CBD from. But there's unscrupulous vendors out there that are taking the seeds, just just the seeds of the plant and they're pressing those and they're calling that hemp seed oil and they're selling it on Amazon and they're tricking you. You know, they put a little leaf on the bottle. They say hemp seed extract or hemp seed. And they say, you know, this is. You know, they mislabel it and they tell you and people go on there and they buy and they think they're getting CBD and they're just getting hemp seed oil. And just to put it in perspective, hemp seed oil is about as medicinally um, helpful to you as olive oil or grapeseed oil. It's just just right. no, no value in it. Right. So it's uh, it's a little bit of the wild, wild less there. So I think it's important for your users. And there's lots and lots of great companies out there um, where you can get everything I mentioned that you should be getting. But, you know, buyer beware of where you're getting your CBD from. That's super, super important. Yeah, I think it's critical to know that because there are so many people who um, are benefiting from CBD, but then there's people who say, I mean, you know, I don't, nothing happens. I'm not getting the benefit. And maybe they're just actually not getting CBD. They think they are, you know, because everybody orders stuff from Amazon. It's like crazy how much well, stuff's I'll tell you, there. I'll tell you, uh, one of the things that happens to us, we, we also happen to run a, um, a really... Uh, busy retail store so we have an online we sell so we our business we sell online that's our largest part of our business we sell coast to coast hawaii you know um all over alaska but we also sell at a retail location and so at the retail location you know it was again my wife's idea karen it was a genius idea she's like look we can you know help people that come in and don't know the answer to these questions we can get you know a following by talking to people and so people come in all the time and they'll say oh wow you know um geez, this, this bottle of CBDs, you're, 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 you want me to buy this from you at $60. You know, I bought mine on Amazon last week for $24.95. And so, you know, you look at them and you say to them, you know, I, I'm, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but what you're buying on Amazon is not CBD. And then they look at you like you have three heads and you, they say, well, how, how do you know that? And I say, I know that because Amazon prohibits the sale of CBD on their platform. So if, if I if it was legal to sell it there, I would be selling it there. Right. Of course. Well, it makes sense to do that. Right. So anybody who's buying their, their CBD or what they think is CBD on Amazon is strictly, probably likely just buying hemp seed oil, which is used for cooking, which can be purchased at any you know high-end grocery store, even some grocery stores sell it. It's got very low to no medicinal value. So that would be the number one thing I would tell your listeners to be like, don't buy your CBD on Amazon because it is not CBD on Amazon. What about places like Whole Foods and things like that? I mean, is that a safe place to buy CBD? We're actually going to get it. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you know you, what you 
I would say I don't know for certain that, you know, um, Whole Foods, but I know Whole Foods is a high-end store, but I would be just looking at the label. Like, you know, what's the, what's the, the, this, you know, CBD has, you know, uh, 110, 113 cannabinoids in it. And the cannabinoids is what makes the, you know, the body. That's the, that's the, that's the, um, the cannabinoids, the flavonoids, and the terpenes are what's considered to be the, of medicinal value. So you should be looking at that label, right? And so when you look at that label, you want to be making sure that what's inside that bottle is, you know, those, those properties, right? So um, CBD is, you know, um, you know, hemp extract. So the other thing is hemp extract is different than hemp seed oil, right? So, and I think a lot of this is intentionally confusing, Darian. I know it's probably confusing for you to listen to it sometimes. That's okay. <laughs> but I guess the, the thing is that I would say, number one, stay away from hemp seed oil. If you think you want to look for something to help you with anxiety, that's not going to be uh, uh, something that's going to help you and more than taking a shot of olive oil. So, um, yeah, but there's a lot of that out there. You know, we, we, there's a lot of information. Like if you on our website, for example, we have numerous blogs that talk about the difference between hemp seed oil and CBD and hemp versus hemp extract versus hemp seed oil versus CBD. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, if you stick with the, you know, the high end companies and reputable retailers, you, you'll end up with a good product. It was interesting, like even on like uh, LinkedIn, I've met so many people who are selling CBD and I think it's difficult to know what's good or what's legitimate and what isn't on that. Can you, besides the ingredients and things of that nature, how do you kind of sort through what's the, what's the preferred, you know, uh, company or business or places you would want to uh purchase this from because it seems like there's just a lot of people doing it at least from my experience uh, oh, at least I, people that i meet you know it's a super i think you're being polite because it's super crowded space and uh you know I, so, so you know just to try to watch my words a little bit but it's like mm -hmm. like if you went to a drug dealer did you ever hear a drug dealer say like i have the worst you know pot by mine everybody, <laughs> everybody has the best pot everybody has right so like everybody i've never heard anybody say like hey i have the worst cbd or Hey, my, right. my CBD is kind of middle of the road. Everybody's is the best, right? So like have, the best. Yeah, yeah. The best. not only the, not only I'm like one of the best, I am the best. And there's 10,000 guys on Amazon, on, on LinkedIn telling me they have the best stuff every day. So yes. Um, so I think, yeah. So I think, the, you know, I think knowing the differences between the products, I think making sure you're buying, a, um, you know, a high-end, uh, you get, you know, buying from a, a person that sources in the U.S. or so organically grown. The other thing that they should be looking for as a user is you want to buy what's called a, a phytocannabinoid-rich, also known as PCR hemp, phytocannabinoid-rich hemp, which means that the, the cannabinoids, which is what the desirable part is, is, you know, a high, high quality. So, um, you know, our brand, for example, you know, we have the industry high, and I sound like those everybody else calling you this, but I'm, you know, I don't grow it. I'm just buying it from the best grower. Mm -hmm. um, it's a phytocannabinoid-rich hemp, which means it's, you know, it's it's got an industry high CBD content, terapies, and flavonoids to the hemp extract. So it's a high, high potent product. But again, the best way to just kind of know the answer to this is, you know, if you go to a retailer and say, "Can I see your certificates of quality assurances?" Or do you have third-party lab testing and they don't have that and they can't show it to you? That is like run run the other way. Like so right. that's just like you so you know, you want to see the third-party lab test that says, hey, this product has no heavy metals in it and no lead and no fillers, right? So what we do is when we buy from and our, our supplier is a company called Folium Biosciences, and I'm happy to tell everybody that. 
and they're out of Colorado and they're terrific. And so when they sell us this PCR hemp oil, they give us reports that were run that say, here's a concentration of CBD. So if a person is buying a 500 milligram bottle of CBD, this report shows them that they're getting 500 milligrams of CBD. Like, so how does that guy know that that bottle has 100 milligrams in it, not 500? You know, like, does the sticker say it or does the report say it? So we get it, we get the elaborate, we get the certificates from Folium. And then we take the product and we send that a second time that confirms, yes, it is 500 milligrams of CBD in this bottle. And yes, there is no THC. We sell a zero THC brand and there's no heavy metals and pesticides and lead. And then we take all that information, Darian, and we put it on our website. And then we actually put a QR code on our labels where you can scan that label and it'll show you when that bottle was bottled, when the expiration date is, it's usually 18 months, both lab reports, and that'll give you peace of mind. So those are things that, you know, I think should be industry standard for a purchaser of, of, a, of a high quality CBD. Now, is there a reason why you don't do anything with THC in it? Is that just like a decision you made or is there some regulation related to that? Yeah, that's a super question. So when we started this business, you know, um, I would I always like to say that I worked backwards, right? So once my wife nudged me to say, let's do this, I said, okay, the most important thing we can do is try to go out and find the best supplier of industrial hemp. And that's where we're going to build our business around. Because if we went out and bought the worst supplier of industrial hemp, well, people would buy it once and never come back. And then they would tell their friends that this stuff is terrible. So we said, let's go try to find the highest quality um, industrial hemp. And there's not just not just the one I use. There's very, very really good brands. There's other good brands out there as well. But we found one of the ones that we feel is the top, you know, top three in the country. And we built our business around it that way. And, and we also chose Folium Biosciences because they offer a zero THC product, right? And so when we started thinking about it, we said, you know, most brands have 0.3% THC. And so if we could go with a zero THC, we, would, we think we would open up ourselves to a bunch of clients that want to try an all-natural, non-addictive, plant-based, healthy alternative for health and wellness but they would be against having THC in their system. So who, who is that, right? Who do we, who did we think would not want THC? Police officers, firemen, government workers, you know, school bus drivers, military people, anybody who can't fail a drug test would probably not buy a THC brand, even if it had low doses of THC because they'd be afraid right. of losing the job, right? So in hindsight, it was a really great decision because we have parents, moms and dads that say, my son is on the spectrum and he's 12. We would never give him THC. Are you guys sure you have no THC in your product? Oh, yeah. We'll show you our lab reports. It's zero THC. So it was a decision that really we think that was a home run in hindsight because there's so many people that come in and say, you know, I, I, I can't afford to ever lose my job or fail a drug test. And so I'm only interested in, in a um, zero THC brand. Have you guys been hearing about CBD? I'm sure you have. You know, a lot of my listeners are in the health and wellness field, and CBD is so popular right now. And I've heard of so many different organizations doing it. But I got to tell you, the guys at Palm Organics, they're amazing. Uh, the founders, wonderful people. I'm so happy to be working with them. And Palm Organics is a premium brand of broad spectrum CBD products. The entire line of Palm Organics CBD products is zero THC. It's organically grown in Colorado, rigorously lab tested, and every product that is sold undergoes independent third-party lab testing. 
So whether you're looking for gummies, tinctures, oils, soft gels, topicals, energy drinks, or even pet CBD products, Palm Organics has all your CBD needs covered. Please visit palmorganics.com, the organics part being O-R-G-A-N-I-X.com, and discover the health and wellness benefits of the finest zero THC products available in the country. And even better for my listeners, use the code Dr. D, D-O-C-T-O-R-D, to save 10% off your next order, and shipping is always fast and free. You guys are going to love this stuff. Thanks. Right. So there's when you talk about different, you know, um, lingos in the business. So a full spectrum would be everything that the, the hemp plant has, including THC. Right. And then broad, broad spectrum, which is what we sell, would be everything in the hemp plant except for THC is completely removed. And we think that's a superior product. Right. So we like to say you get all the benefits, broad spectrum CBD, palm organic CBD. You get all the benefits of medical marijuana without any of the negative psycho out of the negative psychoactive side effects so you won't get high you can drive you can go to work you won't fail a drug test you can right school. right so what are your thoughts on the maybe this is not, maybe not maybe it's maybe not part of i know it's not what you're doing but what are your thoughts about uh current legislation and maybe potential coming legislation of thc and how that might affect your business or maybe that you may consider full spectrum um aspects of it or uh, i know that was kind of a lot to say there but i I understand what you're saying so like so what's happened is like this this all happened so quickly right so the farm bill in december of 18 mcconnell got it through in dc president trump signed it into effect in january and all of a sudden as you can imagine it's not fda approved the entire world everybody with 10 grand and uh you know an idea builds a website and starts selling CBD. And the FDA is like, what the fuck, right? I mean, it's like right. everybody is everywhere. There's a million CBD companies and they're like, wow. Yeah. And then you start to see, right? Another another great warning sign for your, your um, listeners is anybody who's making these outrageous medical claims and you've seen them, right? Like I have, yes. It's, it's horrifying, right? So the FDA came out. So the FDA is like, there's, there's they form committees and they're, and they're out there trying to say, like, you know, how do we control this industry that's just running wild? And, you know, you see people that say, my CBD, you know, cures cancer. My CBD prevents lupus. My CBD. Crazy. It's crazy, right? So the FDA came out and said, you cannot make any medical claims whatsoever. So you'll never. So there's only one drug that's approved by the FDA. It's called Epidiolox, which is for um, seizures in mostly children. Other than that, my product and nobody else's product is FDA approved. And so the so the FDA is now saying, look, you guys, your industry, you have to kind of, you know, be responsible about what you're saying, right? But so guys that want to sell, you know, they go on into Google and they put it that their CBD, you know, cures and prevents cancer. And so what's happening is the FDA is cracking down on that group. And so, you know, what we'll say is, you know, CBD is believed to um, help people with stress and anxiety. So we won't say that. We will say our CBD promotes um, a better mood and our CBD promotes a good night's rest. We don't say it cures insomnia, right? We just right. say these are things that we believe it can help you with, it may help you with. And so any of these brands that are making these crazy claims, I think is another red flag for the consumer. 
Now, how does this impact, though, like legislation was saying as more st states become uh, recreational legal with THC and how you think that impacts the CBD business or that it goes together and things of that nature? Yeah, no, I mean, I think so. Like today, you know, our store happens to be in New York State and there and there's some uh, dispensaries in, the, in that state that sell. They sell CBD in the dispensaries and they also sell medical marijuana. And so you can have your menu choice of what you want. Although people that are interested in CBD generally come to us directly because the dispensaries are taxed at such a crazy rate by the yeah. Fed. Rate and the, yeah. Yeah, that, you know, I heard of, I heard of one city was talking about, they want to tax them even further to retrain the police dogs to not smell. They have to get new dogs so, that, so they don't smell cannabis. But anyway, I think that the CBD market will not be impacted by this because it's a different animal in a sense where if you're taking medical marijuana and I, I you know, and I, I can understand why people do, they have tremendous pains and ailments and et cetera, but it, it kind of takes you out of the game and, and functioning, right? Like, so if you're a dad and you got to drop off some kids at school, you, you can't smoke medical marijuana, get high and drive your kids to school. So, no, no, so I think that, I think that the CBD market will, will be thriving. You know, they say, look, they said that, I think the CBD market did like somewhere around a billion dollars last year as an industry. And they're projecting it to do anywhere from 10 to 20 billion by 2022. So the market is, you know, it's still like in its infancy and growing here. So I don't think CBD um, is going to be Im impacted by further legalization of THC and recreational um, marijuana in, in other states, because there's a, there's a market for people that want it for strictly the medicinal belief values and not to get high. Oh, so t totally, totally. Just like I think there's a market for people who want to get high too. I mean, there's yeah. clearly all these states. Like I remember I was in Nevada, I was living there. Right before I left is when it uh, became recreational legal. And like they literally, well, at least that's what it said in the newspaper, they ran out of pot. I mean, the demand was so great that it was like people were going nuts. Now, is it always going to be like that? Probably not. I mean, it, things level off, but... I think it's an interesting time we're living in where all of a sudden CBD comes on the scene. Like I didn't even know about it until like a few years ago. Yeah. And whereas a lot of people, I think were aware of, you know, marijuana and stuff on some level uh, for a long time, but the CBD, it felt like it just kind of snuck in the back door, at least to someone like myself. I'm like, what is, what is this? <laughs> you yeah. know? Like, and Darren, you know what? Now you can't go to, you go to the gas station, you get a haircut, everywhere you turn their CBD, you go to a gym, their CBD. Yeah. It's everywhere. But I will tell you this. I think also my other prediction would be that I think in the first quarter of 20 of 2020 next year, you're going to start to see price, you know, prices going down on this because everybody's growing it, you know, like, you know, uh, on LinkedIn, because I'm in the CBD business, I get, you know, people reaching out to me every day saying, hey, we got you know a new crop coming. Are you interested in buying it? So there's a there's a lot of supply in both hemp and marijuana out there. And I think you're going to see pricing pressure, you know, on the on the crop and you'll see. It, it should benefit the consumer um, at, at the at the retail you know pricing point. Is that something you're okay with that that the price going down? Yeah, because you know it'll it'll go down for me as a purchaser too. So as I'm buying it from the supplier, he's going to drop his price, uh, and then I will share that with the uh, the consumer. So you know um, you know CBD is not an expensive. I'm sorry, is not an inexpensive product. Um, but I think, it, it, but you know, it's something that you, when you say to people, look, it's a, if it's a hundred dollars a month for this bottle, it's three dollars a day, and uh, you know, you spend more than that at Starbucks, right? So um, certainly, 
So uh, yeah, but I think prices will be will be going down. I think there'll be pricing pressure uh, in, in 2020. Do you see yourself um, staying in this business long term? Like you're in Wall Street, you know, you're doing this. Is this something you can see? Kind of like this is kind of the the last portion of what you're going to be doing. Like you want to be in it long term. Yeah, no, I really, we really enjoy this. My wife and I, Karen, we have a partner in uh, in Illinois. Um, who's uh, our tech guy and our, and our marketing guy. And, and I, I really enjoy it. Um, and I don't think I would have been able to do this, you know, 10 years ago, because I don't think I've ever worked harder in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, than I have now, I mean, this has been really long, grueling hours in the business. And fortunately, my, my four kids are older now, you know, my kids are ones on the West Coast, ones out of college, ones in college. And so we just have one home left in high school. So, you know, we're putting in super long hours between the store and online and marketing but yeah i think you know we we really enjoy we really enjoy like the person that comes in and says you know like you said you know what what is this you know they walk into the store what, what is this cbd thing and and you, and you educate them and and you tell them about it and then you know they come they say they buy a topical because they're they're having problems with their you know uh, carpal tunnel or their knee or wrist whatever and they you know they try one of our stabs or our lotions and then they come back a week later and they're like, I, I can't believe this is my, I feel so much better. And they bring their mom and they say, I'm going to get a couple more bottles. So it's really a great sense of satisfaction in helping people. That's a really, you know, pretty cool part of the business. Uh, you know, I think the, the most rewarding part is, is, is when people say, wow, you know, I've been to a million doctors and I've had this about me or that bothers me. And I can't believe how good I feel or how this is making me, uh, you know, into a healthier person. Those are really the best parts of the business. So are you, um, maybe this is obvious, maybe it's not. I was asked, so are you partaking in CBD yourself? I do. I have, uh, I could, you could probably imagine, you know, I take it, my wife takes it, you know, I'd say three of my four kids take it. One of them is uh, a super healthy guy, doesn't want to take anything. But so, and then we even have our dog taking it. You know, we sell pet, we sell pet one too. So yeah, all the, all the, uh, the Herrera family takes it. I love that. That's cool. You're you're selling it and you're taking it. So it's not like it's something you're just doing. And yeah. it's like, uh, you know, you're just selling it. Because sometimes people do that. They get into something and we're like, well, I'm not into it, you know, but. Totally, totally, totally. Um, yeah. So I think it's, it's just interesting. It's my wife is very into CBD. She's like super into it. And. So she takes it, she gets it like Whole Foods and things like that. And then I see like the resort that I'm a member of, they're now selling CBD at the front desk. So it's basically everywhere at this point. Yeah. So uh, I'd love to hear more about what your wife takes. And we probably should talk about like the different methods that people can take it. But, you know, so, but yeah, so, you know, one of the, one of the components of our business, so I mentioned that we sell online mm-hmm. um, and, uh, you know, that's a, that's a, you know, it's a, the largest part of our business and we sell wholesale and that kind of refers to what you were talking about. So we sell it wholesale to everybody, you know, including, you know, uh, chiropractors and wellness centers and uh, vitamin stores and uh, spas. And, you know, there's all, you've seen it, there's everything out there from CBD face masks to tinctures, to soft gels, to gummies, to drinks, to, you know, protein bars, they have everything. There's all kinds of ways to, you know, deliver the product. And uh, so, you know, yeah. So, I mean, the, the number one, the number one way I believe that people take CBD is what's called a tincture. 
which is mm-hmm. we'll refer to it as an oil, which is where you take the um, the dropper or the you know the, the, the yeah take the dropper out of the bottle and it's taken what's known as sublingually, where you put it under your tongue. Yep, and you let it sit there for a minimum of a minute, preferably two minutes. And it's the it's the second fastest way, or one of the fastest ways, to take CBD because it goes through the bloodstream and the capillaries and et cetera, et cetera, in the mouth. Now, um, a faster way to take it than sub than through tinctures is vape, and that was another thing that you asked me about. We never we never went with a THC brand. Right. We also never, we also never uh, did vape, and you know we had a weird feeling about the vape and yeah. you know the whole the kids with the, you know, with the vaping. And so we just decided never to carry vape. And again, a lucky, like another lucky decision, you know, the vape is blown up. So we never had it. Uh, and we're glad we never did have it. And we never planned to carry it or will we carry it. Um, but so we do carry tinctures, which are the drops that go under the tongue. People call it the oils. Yeah, I've done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those, that's cool. And people like that. We carry soft gels, which are... Um, you know, we have a 10 milligram soft gel, a 25 milligram soft gel. We have two really interesting soft gels that sell very well. One we blend with uh, the 25 milligram soft gel and we blend it with 10 milligrams of curcumin, which is part of uh, the turmeric family. So it's like, you know, turmeric known to, to uh, help with pain. So we sell that as a combo pre-blended. And then we do one with melatonin. So 25 milligrams of CBD and one milligram of melatonin. Obviously, melatonin regulates the wake sleep cycle. So for yeah. Sleep- uh, we do gummies. Gummies are hugely popular. We do a really cool drink. So in your in your background, uh, Darian, with your sports and exercise, we have a pre and post workout energy drink, which I'm going to send you some. Which is really oh, you know, thanks. Yeah, yeah. You mix it into a bottle of water and shake it up, and it tastes fabulous. And it's got 12 milligrams of CBD, so we that's popular. And then we do a couple different topicals. Um, we do a salve, which I would describe. I never heard the word salve before I started this business, but. <laughs> I would describe that like as a burst kind of beeswaxy type of, you know, texture. And that's actually hugely popular. And then we do another really popular uh, lotion that's blended with camphor, which is also another pain reliever, a natural pain reliever. Um, so we have, there's all, all kinds of cool ways to take CBD. And then we do for dogs, we do a, a two milligram chew and um, the vet uh, at Folium recommends two milligrams of CBD per 25 pounds. And, you know, people will come in and say, oh, you know, I, I started my dog on these chews and he couldn't go up the stairs and now he runs around like a puppy a month later. So it's, it's kind of cool to hear those stories, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's interesting. You know, we, we've we done the uh, the oils and my wife got me on it. And, I mean, I like it, uh, but I think I would need to try something else. I didn't feel like it did that much for me. Um, and, again, I, again, now you're making me think about what was it that I was actually taking because I didn't really pay attention to it. so it's just interesting you know but i will say i'm kind of on both sides of it i like cbd but i also like thc as well and you're gonna think this is crazy but i definitely every once in a while i'll take like a five milligram gummy thc man it's one of the best workouts i've ever had in my life while uh in the in that zone it sounds very counterintuitive yeah, but uh, in Colorado is a very normal thing. I mean, I'm not in Colorado, but I've read studies about this. Uh, people doing that It's very interesting stuff out there. I try different things, you know. Yeah, and so uh, you know, we hear that, like you know, we hear people saying that you know, hey, I take one of your gummies at night, and uh, wow, I've never slept better in my entire life. Or right, you know, it's, it, and people are very, you know, uh, 
you know, Karen will tell you if you were if you were to talk to her, CBD she always says is very individualistic, right? So yes, what may work great for you, you know, you're gonna get a guy now go out to the gym on on a gummy CBD <laughs> and have a horrible workout, but yeah, <laughs> hitting aside is very individualistic, you know, and so I'd love to see the bottle that you're using and. And I'll send you some of ours with the energy drinks, and I'd like to see you try it because I, you know, the other thing too is that, you know, you don't need to take as much CBD as you think you need to take. You know, there's a lot mm-hmm. of brands out there that are saying, "Oh, you got to take 200 milligrams a day." That's like what? That's crazy. Wow. Right? Yeah, Jeez, and that's like really, unre- you know, irresponsible. That's crazy. Yeah, the average person takes about 25 milligrams of CBD to feel pretty good, right? So. You know, we sell a th- we sell a 900 milligram tincture bottle, which has 30 servings of 30 milligrams, and people take that once a day for a month, and that's 30 milligrams. They feel terrific. Or they take our soft gel, which is a 25 milligram soft gel, and like I said, nine out of ten people, that's enough. And I I go online sometimes and I see these people saying you got to take you know 200 milligrams a day or 175. I mean, they're nuts. That's just way too much, you know. And uh, they're just trying to sell CBD, but you don't need that much if you have a good quality brand. So if you had the drops, like how many drops would you be taking then? That's a great question. So generally, industry industry wide, it's usually considered. Um, so the bottles, those little bottles, mm-hmm. um, are they're one ounce. So that little bottle looks like it's more in there than it's in there, but it's like a shot of vodka. It's a one ounce shot of vodka, right? Yeah, it's one ounce. Also known as again, I didn't know this either. Thirty milliliters equals one ounce. So the bottle has thirty servings. So. A 900 milligram bottle has 30 servings of 30 milligrams, right? 30 mm-hmm. times 3,500. Yeah. So you would not take it in drops. You know, our our bottle comes with the 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 tube, the dispensing tube measured. So it would show ah. you a serving or a serving. So we call it dosing or servings. And so one full serving would be 30 milligrams in that bottle. Okay. And half of it would be 15. But people come in and say, you know, I. I just took two drops and it didn't do anything for me. And I'm like, that's way, you know, you're way, way low. The other thing people will do, they say, you know, I just put like two drops in my coffee, which is, you know, hey, listen, you can do it that way, but it's not designed to be taken that way. It's really right. designed to be taken, you know, sublingually. And that makes a lot of sense. See, I was doing just like like two or three drops because I didn't know, honestly, about it. So, man, this is opening my eyes to a lot of stuff. Because uh, I, I just think there's just a lot of misinformation and there's a lot of good information. And it's like, because it's uh, honestly, it's so much like the exercise business, seriously, because the exercise business uh, is highly unregulated. And there's so much bullshit out there about what is actually good and not good in fitness and wellness. And so it's very hard to kind of wade through the, you know, all of the manure in, in a sense of what's going on. And what actually works for you for that. And so I feel like, uh, I mean, I'm an exercise professional, so I know a lot. But like with CBD, I feel like I just don't know. And so that was one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show is because, one, you sound extremely reputable. You also sound like a guy I'd love to have a beer with, which is very important to me. We're going to have one. Well, you know, listen, I'd like to have several. Um, But (laughs) I'm like, you know, and uh, as I'm looking at my Margaritaville uh, thing I have in my office here, uh, <laughs> just made me yeah. think of that. But uh, when we talked before, I felt like you, you really know your stuff. And, uh, and I felt, you know, I've talked to so many people who are doing CBD, but I think you're the first one, no disrespect to other people, just your presentation of it was just extremely 
um, inviting to someone like me. And I want my audience to hear about it. So, you know what? Um, so it's funny, Darian, because the questions that you're asking me are all just terrific and they're fantastic. And, and, you know, um, again, going back to the store, it's, there is such a mass confusion in the industry, whether, you know, people think they're buying CBD on, on Amazon, or whether they should put it in their coffee. I only take two drops. I don't feel it. You know, they have to remember, this is a phytocannabinoid, right? The hemp plant is a phytocannabinoid, or the, the, the output product of it is a phytocannabinoid. And people are taking CBD, um, but you can't take too much. You can't take, uh, you can't overdose on it. It's not addicting, blah, blah, blah. So it's all natural. Um, it's, it's, you can't become addicted. You can't overdose. So it's a very, very safe product. Um so, you know, that is something that I think um, that people just don't understand about, um, you know, they're not, it's not a, it's not a benzo or you're not going to get addicted and, right. and very safe product. I mean, so the, you know, the human body has what's called an endocannabinoid system, right? Mm -hmm. that's, yep. the body, that's the body, you know, this from, from, from the, from your background in health and of fitness. Course. Yep. So the endocannabinoid, as you know, endocannabinoid system, as you know, is the body's way of self-healing itself, right? The body's way of getting itself into homeostasis, also known as balanced. And so go back to your 10th grade biology class and you say a plant is a phyto, right? So the, phy a plant, a, the plant has cannabinoids, and so it's a phytocannabinoid. And so think about it as your body wants to heal itself from whatever it's making it unhealthy. And by taking this phytocannabinoid and injecting it into the system, and it kind of turbocharges the human's endocannabinoid system and makes the body get to balance and help self-heal and promote wellness. And that's the whole, the whole theory behind it. Um, if you break it down to how it works, you know, the two properties of CBD, anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, it's a phytocannabinoid that works with the body's endocannabinoid system. I think it's fantastic. I mean, I think You've explained it about as well as you can explain it <laughs> to anybody. I mean, I think, and that's what I wanted. I wanted to be kind of a really kind of step-by-step -step guide of what is CBD, you know, what's reputable, what's not reputable, because I just think it's just floating out there in kind of the universe, the CBD and what it is. And it's just, people are just buying it and they just don't know. They don't know what they're buying. If, as you explained, it might not even be CBD which I think is shocking on some level. You know, there's a, there's certainly a segment of the population that's very into it and they know a lot like you do, but I think a lot of people, they just don't have a lot of knowledge about it. And so I think it's important that there's knowledge spread about what CBD is, the potential benefits of it, and um, and that what they're getting is safe and, and, and they feel like it's actually a good product. I think, you know, like networking on LinkedIn is, you know, all these CBD folks is like, it's just hard to tell what's good. And so for me, it's just having conversations and understanding, all right, who do I feel good about um, being associated with and understanding this? And again, I would I have to just compliment you. You all, you just came across very inviting about it, Alex. And I appreciate yeah, that. You. you know, Darren, I would say this to you, right? You know, one of the things I think that separates us from a lot of the other brands out there. And again, I will tell you, there are some spectacularly well-run brands with a great product. So I'm, I'm nowhere am I saying that, oh, just only our brands good. There are some really good brands. But by the same token, there's a lot of really, really bad brands out there. And one of the things I think that we did 
was we said, you know what, we're going to open a store. We're going to be there in person, not all the time, but we're there. The owners are there and we're going to educate people. And we're going to tell people, listen, you come in, you look at me in the eye, you know where I'm going to be tomorrow and next month. We own this place. You take this bottle, take all 30 of those pills. And if you don't like it, it didn't work for you. Bring me back the bottle empty and I'll give you your money back. Now, I don't know who else does that. Right. And right. So you buy from somebody on the internet. You don't get to see who it is. Go to my website. My, my picture's on that website. You know where to find me in the Palisade Center Mall in West Nyack, New York. My wife's picture's on the website. We're there. We're standing behind our product, right? So it's very easy to be good at you know building a website and to be a slick marketer, but you can have a bad product. So you know, I think the you know the the people hopefully listening to the show are taking away from this that you know make sure it's lab tested, make sure it's grown in the U.S. or preferably, in my opinion. Make sure you have third-party lab testing. Make sure the bottle's labeled. Make sure you're getting CBD in that bottle. Don't buy it on Amazon. And, um, you know, don't be afraid to start slow and grow. Grow with it. You know, start with a smaller dose and work into it so that you feel like, okay, now I'm starting to feel it. And another thing I'll tell you is that people start taking CBD and they say, yeah, I think I feel better, but I'm not really sure. I think I feel better, but I'm not really quite sure. Yeah. And then when you stop, when they stop, is they go, wow. I feel horrible now. And they say, oh, it really was working. I didn't really notice it until I stopped taking it. You know, my mother, my mother's like that. She's like, yeah, she takes it. And then when she runs out, she says, oh my God, my arthritis is killing me. I really have a lot of pain and having a hard time moving around. And so obviously she put the correlation together. It's, you know, when she stops. So. Now, was there, um, I don't even know this is happening, but I think you're you're the guy to ask. Is there kind of a network or let's say a conference that you can go to and you, you meet all a bunch of other CBD vendors or people who are in the business? Are you are you attending things like that? You know, I have attended a couple of those things, but I'm sure you know, like if it's like the fitness world conventions mm -hmm. or any conventions, like you know, like we were laughing about before, like you know, after you go to a couple of them and you show up at this place and you, you meet 10,000 people and everybody has the best stuff, it's just a little bit long in the tooth sometimes. But um, there's some, there's, there are some good industry conferences. They have one usually, um, they have like everything else, they have them in Vegas. They have them in uh, the Hen Conference and Cannabis Conference. They have them in the Jacob Javits Center in New York. There's, there are some bigger ones, you know, um, and there's some really, you know, there's people there too. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of different people that attend those conferences that are on different parts of the of the supply chain, whether they're doing extraction or they're doing growing or they're doing bottling and labeling and co-packing, yeah. you know, the whole, you know, what, what, what it takes to get it from where, what you're buying to there is a lot of work, you know, with uh, the whole process. So what's the, uh, what's the future of CBD, you know, that, that you see in the next five years or so, where, where is this headed? So I think um, you're going to see, we talked about before, I think you're going to see prices go down, one. Two, I think you're going to see a lot of these people that plowed into the CBD gold rush. You know, uh, you ever see that movie uh, or that documentary, Cocaine Cowboys? You know? Yes. So that's kind of like to see, I always say to people, go watch that movie. That's what the CBD world is like now. <laughs> but I think, I think those players are going to be, you know, just marginalized and be forced out of the game. And I think that once the banking regulations loosen up, you're going to see some just some of the better companies on survivors, and then you'll see it more regulated. And I think it'll be um, um, 
a, a more there'll be more visibility into the space and understanding who's left in it. But you know, for now, I think it's super important that um, understanding that the industry is self-regulating itself and self you know policing itself. And so, but I, I think I think we see prices go down. I see we I think we see the FDA taking a larger role in in regulating what can be said and what can't be said and proper labeling and you know medical claims and um, further testing in the industry. And I think there'll be some survivors and. Now you're starting to see that already. Like you're starting to see, you know, certain drug drugstore chains. I won't mention which ones are carrying. You know, you mentioned Whole Foods, but yeah, starting to carry it now. Most of them are starting to carry it in the topical side, so they're trying to be safer by saying, "Let's go with the topicals only and stay away from the ingestibles." Um, I think that'll change too. I think it'll be you'll see it more widely available. I'm interested in all that. I think just you know. The world's changing at an incredible pace with technology and things, and we're becoming more open-minded, I think, to different things that may help us with pain and all that stuff. So uh, it's, I think it's a fascinating conversation. And uh, yeah, Alex, I appreciate you coming on the show and discussing this. I think there's going to be a lot of people who listen to this are going to go, wow, I'm going to have to check that out. You know? Well, you know what? We actually, one of the things that we do and we're extremely proud of is that we try to deliver um, the best in the industry customer service. And what I mean by that, it's almost like we're obsessive with it. So, you know, the industry is known for, and I'm sure there's gonna be listeners listening, like I say, he's right. So you order a bottle on the internet or you, bought a, you order a topic or whatever, you buy something on the internet and it takes us 15 days to get to you, right? And people are pissed, you know? And so we decided a long time ago that any order we get before four o'clock, it goes up the same day. So the last pickup at our warehouse is like 5 p.m. So if you order before 3.30 or 4 o'clock, we ship it the same day. We pay for shipping. We wrap everything up incredibly meticulously. And if you email or call us, you're going to get a response within 24 hours. You're probably going to get a response in 24 minutes. So we're running a super high-touch service model for the consumer. And as I mentioned to you, you know, we had a lady who said her husband has got uh, um, Alzheimer's and he bought like the guy bought like, you know, we sell gummies and three pack bundles. He bought like six three pack bundles, like one a day. And the lady called us and said, like, my, you know, my husband did this. And then, you know, he's got Alzheimer's. We said, no problem. Give your money back. Like, you know, so we're just high end, high end, high end. Yeah. Like glove touch. And that goes a long way, you know. So nobody has to fear that they order from us and they're going to get it in two weeks. They're going to get it in two to three days. So, I mean, I have it in the show notes, uh, but also just so people can hear it too. Um, where can they order? What's the website? Absolutely. And thank you for that question. So the name of the company is Palm, as in Palm Tree, Palm Leaf, P-A-L-M. And it's Organics, O-R-G-A-N-I-X. So with an X at the end, dot com. And we're on, on the internet, obviously. And if, if any of your listeners are in the New York City tri-state area, we have a store at the Palisade Center which is the, the seventh largest mall in the country. And we're on the first floor by Macy's. And that's all, all that information is also on our website. Fantastic. Alex, you are the man. Thank you for coming on and sharing some time with me and the listeners. And um, I'm sure we'll be chatting again very soon. I look forward to it, Darren. I listen and, and don't thank me. I thank you for the opportunity to, uh, you know, try to give some clarity to this uh, nascent industry. And, um, so I really appreciate the opportunity to tell, you know, tell people and educate some people on, uh, on uh, CBD and what the Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, man. I appreciate you being on and we'll chat again soon. 
Awesome, Barry. Thank you. All right. Sure, we have 30 seconds to tell you that drivers who switch to Progressive could save big. But then what? Well, radio has been called theater of the mind. So let's tell a story with sound effects. Wow, it's like I was in the story. Almost makes me forget this was supposed to be about saving big with Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. I bet you I can lap this studio in 15 seconds. Oh, I can't wait to see this. Let's go. That was the Kid Nero. I'm Michelle Beadle. Tune into our new Formula One show, Fast and Loose Sidecast. We go live on AMP every race Sunday. Boom! Three seconds to go. Download AMP and follow us at AMP Presents F1 on AMP.